AOC Community Media presents Mind on Media. Hello, everyone. I'm Christy with AOC, and I am back with the AOC Gang. And we're here for another episode of Mind on Media Conscious Conversations, where we are always increasing the dialogue around very relevant media literacy topics and challenging you, the viewers, to think more critically about the realm of media as you know it. Now, you may recall on our last episode that we deep dived into the conversation of digital media advertising. Well, we quickly realized that this is a very faceted topic to cover all in one segment. So we are coming back with more talk on advertising, but this time as it relates to our nation's youth demographic. Now, many of us um, at, at AOC have worked really closely with young children through our youth media programs, our field trips, um, local school visits, um, and some of us have children uh, in our homes and within our families. So um, we've got a really good range of lenses to view this conversation across today. So um, I'll start with a guiding question here for our conversation. And uh, for the, just for the sake of framing the conversation, uh, let's reference adolescents to be like that elementary sort of middle school age, uh, like seven to 12 sort of preteen group, um, just for sake of conversation. Um, but the question is, when it comes to advertising to young adolescents uh, and the way that companies uh, target them, what are some of the factors that you guys recognize that make these ads so successful? Um, when you think about uh, television ads, social media platforms, um, YouTube, the kids too, even, I think um, I even call them uh, micro ads when you see those pop up like ads that literally try to um, get five seconds or less of the consumer's time. Um, what do you guys think sort of are you recognize that makes those ads so successful with uh, with the youth? Uh, well, for me, I, I, it's like lots of color, a lot of uh, like heightened sense of urgency, a lot of quick movement, uh, very like crazy sounds. So all those things just like startle, especially younger kids and it, it grabs their attention because they think it's more associated with fun and toys and things that they're like on that level with. So it's really getting into them on their like imaginary or imagination level uh, to, to a degree, I guess. So. Well, and, and speaking to what Busey said about urgency, it's not uh, it's not just the platforms that kids are are using that are advertising to them, but it, it, at least in my uh, experiences, uh, schools are advertising to my children uh, without really calling them advertisements. Uh, and and if you look very closely, you can see that they're advertisements. But from a kid's perspective, I imagine it looks like work or an assignment or something like that. Uh, I've, I've gotten a couple of ads just from my kids' schools uh, that did not, at first glance, look like ads. Does this, this school has endorsed this material that came from the school, or your kid got it off? Of oh yeah, it's, it, school, right? oh no, it's it's got. Uh, for instance, I'm looking at one right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, 
I'm sorry. Uh, it, I'm looking at one right now, and it's got my my kid's teacher's uh, name like at the bottom of it. Well, and I I know when we were in high school, they were just beginning to sell rights to companies for certain like vending machines and things like that. And I don't part of their their uh, justification for it was that they didn't have enough money to to do school stuff. So they were looking at ways, you know, we talked about it here, diversify income. Uh, and that was one of the ways they chose to do it. Yeah, the, the first company that, that went in and installed schools, once, even when schools started getting, you know, internet, intranet inside the buildings and so forth, I uh, forgot the name of the company, but they went around and gave tvs to every classroom that would allow them to run one minute of advertising before the pledge in the morning or something uh which created a lot of controversy and uh, i think they implanted a lot of tvs so getting into your kid's school with straight up advertising for money that that's not new but the, what boozy said is why they're successful uh the eye candy the quick cuts the stuff that are, uh, stimulates the kids the sense of urgency and they use all the techniques they use on adults too the uh, you can belong you can be cool don't be left out uh that's, fake that's realism the ones, that's the ones that bother me the most ed the don't be left out the the keeping everybody together I mean, all the cool kids are doing it so you have to it it, it obliviates the sense of individuality and makes people feel the need to belong to a larger part. Um, Well, so uh, to to what y'all are talking about in, in thinking about this topic, it reminded me of a video that I've gone to often when I teach media literacy, which is the uh, buy me that kids survival guide to TV advertising uh, from like the eighties on HBO, it was done by a comedy, a guy who was part of a comedy troupe or something like that. Uh, but they put together essentially this expose on advertising and it was directed towards children to particularly show them some of the techniques that advertisers used. And granted, this is way out of date. So I'm sure advertisers have gotten more savvy, but you know, just things like, uh, making food look prettier, even if it involves using glue and styrofoam, um, to make it look prettier under the lights. Um, things like, uh, when they're displaying toys, when, when you would see like action toys, you would see the little figurines running through a jungle setting and like jumping down a waterfall and, and having explosions. And there's always fine print at the bottom. And they would point that out that says these situations are not <laughs> optimal, nor should you try them at home because you're going to uh, hurt yourself. So there's a whole lot of outright fakery, but then go ahead, Bethany. Oh, no, I didn't mean to step on it. Well, I think it's kind of oh, the same but... techniques that, that we get served as adults, right, Bethany? Yeah, it's true. And I was going to say one of the good, one of the counter counter to counter it, there is a tool we can have, and it's the internet. And so when the, the kids see all of these great toys, and they're like, "Let me, I want it, I want it. I said, you know, let's go on YouTube and look at the review. And, it, and then it's the real unpackaging, and a real kid opening it up, and it's just not at all what they thought it would be. And I was like, well, I think we're not going to buy that one. So we, we do have a, a great way to counter it, and it's just the connectivity that we have on, on, on the internet. But even then, you have to be like really careful with those with those YouTube unboxing videos. Uh, for instance, um, shoot, what's his name? I, I can't. Uh, Ryan's toy review is one that comes to mind. That is paid advertisement. That is not unboxing. That is he has deals at Walmart. He has his own toys. 
everything he gets uh, and unboxes is just straight up given to him to play with. Uh, and he's a, a celebrity. He's like eight, but he's a he's a YouTube celebrity with his own toy line. I think he's I think he's got a show on Hulu now, uh, which he transitioned from YouTube to Hulu. Uh, and it's it's very very deceptive when you're a small child watching this other small child uh, play with these toys and 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 get these toys for free. I think that's a good point that both of you guys made that um, Bethany, that it is, it would actually be a good tip if you can find, you know, um, channels that you trust to give authentic reviews, who um, place that disclosure out there that they are not being paid by a company to give their review um, and sort of looking there to really see what, what type of products you're buying and getting that authentic perspective. Um, And with what Will mentioned as well, um, it is important to note that a lot of these channels are uh, monetized, and so um, they're often going. They are paid channels, and they are going to sort of have a often have a biased perspective towards the things there. So um, I think those are both good points. One more note, and in reference to the thing you know that Will was saying, you should watch out for YouTube is taking large measures. I think largely because people have sort of come down on them, but now. If you put paid promotion, you're supposed to have a tag on your video that says paid promotion included. You're supposed to self-indicate that. And, you know, some users have gotten taken down for that. Most of the users that, that I've watched online do include that. If, if they have paid promotion, they include that, uh, that tidbit. No, they took away the ability to, to advertise to that to the youth on YouTube, right? Like, to, that's not even a th- you can't even do that now? No, or you, can you? You I don't can know. do it. So the new reg, and I'm not an expert on the regulations, but the way it looks now when you upload a video, you have to let them know, is it made for kids or is it not made for kids? If right. it is made yeah. for kids, if you check that box, they will not monetize it. They won't insert advertising into okay. it. Um, and I think you're not supposed to insert advertising into it either. Um, if you, and then a separate checkbox is, does this include paid promotion? And I think if you check that, then what happens at the beginning of the video, when it starts rolling or anytime they hit play, a little like closed caption line comes up that says, uh, paid promotion included. Well, and, and one of the ways I've seen, uh, again, not to like pick on any one channel, but a, a way that a lot of people are getting around that, especially with product reviews, when the whole channel is nothing but product reviews, is it's not paid. They're given the product and incentivized to give that product a good review. Not everybody will do that because it's unethical, uh, but a lot of a lot of people are just incentivized to give good reviews so that they continue to get free products. And when they do that, they do not have to say that it's a paid promotion because they're not being paid. Then they're technically being reviewers, but... How do you cut that out without cutting out the reviewers? Exactly, yeah. And so you have you have to find somebody that you trust. And, and a good way to do that is if all of their reviews are 100% positive, you know that they're being incentivized some kind of way to give those positive reviews. He's just really happy, that's all. Or they are. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. The, the bigger picture is all of the info that's bombarding our kids uh, – uh, the segment is coming through online reviews and so forth and disclosure is not what's messing your kid's mind up it's the nods i mean even on the back of their pants they got advertising everywhere they go it's advertising and they don't know from nothing 
Uh, and that goes back to the peer pressure part of it. And I think that's one of the reasons that kid advertising is so insidious. It creates needs and desires that are nothing but whether well, constructs, you know, you don't need all that stuff. You just made to want it. And it's a, it's a similar thing to, to making women think they got to be skinny to be attractive. It's what they show you. And, uh, and people, the people respond to that and, and you're dealing with kids and it's, it's, it's easy. Let's be honest. You shove a waterfall on an explosion and GI Joe jumps into it. The fine print on the bottom that says not real. Don't explode. Your bathroom is immaterial. The, the kids want that. That's my rant. No, it's true. And it has a what lot you going to do about it? Am I always, am I... You could be kidless. Uh, you, even, sorry. <laughs> even though it, does, yeah. it, it creates with them a, a sense of um, almost the world around them becomes a popularity contest instead of a reality. And so I always, in, in, um, I find my kids comparing things often and I just look at them and say, it's not a popularity contest. It's not, a, you know, it's not a comparison. Move on. Because they're being taught that it is on so many levels, even at school. The good kids get to go and have a treat right in front of this kid might not have missed, you know, missed the bus, uh, missed the day, and he didn't have a parent around to bring him, so he missed school and he doesn't get the treat. Everybody else gets the treat, and it's just it, it is. <laughs> That's bullshit right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Andy, I, I think, think that what you're mentioning um, about these. It's like sort of selling these experiences of popularity or what you can become or what you can do if you were to, in you know, tie and invest to this this product. And um, I just find it pretty interesting that though we're though these companies are you know targeting kids who aren't their direct um, sell, you know, they're, I guess they're not their direct sell, but they kind of become it indirectly through um, not only parents and you know others purchasing for them by asking for the things they want. Um, but also heavily building like that that brand recognition for kids um, as they continue to grow, and it just really establishes that loyalty behind a certain you know product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to hear Mandy talk. She's shaking her head, but I can't hear the rocks rattling around in there. I didn't have anything really important or relevant uh, relevant to say, probably. But I was going to say, even at the grocery store, you know, it's not really even a, uh, an advertisement, or you would think of it. But when they walk through the cereal aisle and you see all the cartoons on the box, it's just a cornflake. But they want it now because there's a cartoon rabbit or whatever, you know, the candy aisle all over the place. The big cardboard cutouts to make them want those things, even without realizing that that's why they want it. And the cereal aisle at the grocery store is a perfect example of advertisements to kids, Uh, not just because of like the colorful boxes and the cartoon characters, but it's the only aisle in the entire supermarket where the brand name products are not at adult eye level. They're at child eye level. Everything else, every other aisle is marketed towards adults so all of the brand names all of the big sellers are going to be at our eye level except for the cereal aisle where frosted flakes all the sugary cereal all that stuff is at is at child eye level not adult eye level but will the, the cereal aisle is the perfect aisle to make an example of thrift to your kids so they see the little box of the frozen uh, fruit loops and it has elsa on it and it's like four dollars for a small box or you could get the big bag for cheaper i do that that's my thrift style we, we learned about right, yeah. we, we <laughs> do the same thing the frozen nose tastes better mom 
<laughs> yeah, the other the other kids are eating them, eating them too, Mom. Mom, you don't know nothing. Uh, little Buffy down the street eats those other things. You're gonna ruin me if you don't make me like them. And also, oh, oops, sorry. I just one 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 thing to add real quick. Uh, like cereal. In, in addition, I mean, I don't know if they do it too much these days, but uh, they put prizes and things inside of the box. Like you get a toy when you get the uh, if you get the extra big box or the family size or whatever. Uh, I mean that that totally brings the kid in. They could care less about what the cereal tastes like. They want that prize, you know, or Cracker Jacks, similar, you know, stuff like that. That's my rant: is that the toys today are not as good as the toys when I was a kid. Yeah, as an experienced Cracker Jack eater before and after the change, the toys in the old days were cool. Now it's a rip off. Cracker Jacks are a rip off. Man, the toys are no. Crumple this piece of paper into a ball and play with that, you jerk. I don't know. Now that they're not coming out with big movies, McDonald's is up their game. They on their, their Happy Meal, they had a a little magnetic um, op- game operation game where you had to move the the bones into the spot. It was pretty. It was pretty legit. This program I'm going back contains more. paid uh-huh. advertising for McDonald's. <laughs> We're loving it. Yeah, it made exactly. you go to Mac- made it made you go to McDonald's. You went to McDonald's. You did it. You got sucked in. They're definitely stepping up um, their game. And, and I'm glad you pointed that out, William, because that's something sort of I didn't think about until I, I read it. So I would challenge our viewers out there the next time you walk into the grocery store and you make it to that cereal aisle to sort of notice some of those things and even point it out to your kids. Um, just to become a little bit more conscious about how um, advertising is so strategically placed around us for everyone, um, particularly uh, for our youth. So um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap our conversation up here today. Thank you guys for uh, participating, the ASC staff, and thank you to the viewers for watching another episode. As always, you can find all things media production and media literacy on our website at www.aocinc.org. And we hope you join us again for the next topic. Till next time. Mind on Media is a presentation of AOC Community Media. Our producer is Christy Tracy. Contributors include Mandy Ayo, Ed Bowie, Joe Ferguson, Bethany Ivey, William McFarlane, Matt Roberts, Skip Shannon, and Jacob White. For more information about media literacy and more, visit AOCINC.org. While you're there, become a member and a media creator. Click the join button and join our community of producers. Check out our YouTube channel, AOC Community Media, for tutorials and videos from our community producers. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching for AOC Community Media.